0: This week, we're going to start something new. We've been, fine. we finished up Nehemiah. This summer, we're going to go to summer school, because sometimes you just need a little refresher, or maybe you need a little bit extra when it comes to something. So each week, we're just going to tackle something that maybe we could understand with a little more understanding, so to speak. And this week, we're going to talk about rest. That's why I'm wearing this shirt. <laughs> a bunch of people did tell me, they're like, I have flying shirts, I'm going to wear them. So next week, who knows what it's going to look like, but... 2019, Whitney and I sat down, and we started planning a vacation. It was gonna be our 10-year anniversary on June 19th, 2020. We said, hey, let's go, we haven't gone anywhere. I mean, we kinda of lived the classic life, had the kids early, they kept wanting to eat meals, so we didn't get a chance to travel a whole lot. And we said, let's, let's plan something. Like, let's go international, let's go to a resort, spend a couple days down there with no children, and just enjoy life. And we said, this is gonna be great, and so we booked it for 2020. In January, we were so excited. In February, we were so excited. March, changed things. (laughs) Couldn't get passports. Had to call the place and say, hey, can we reschedule that? Yeah, okay, that's good. Uh, So I'm not out all that money. Um, And now we're going to have a very awesome 11-year anniversary trip because people do that all the time, right? Well, in that process of planning, we started looking at things that we were going to do. And I started picking up on some things that Whitney was saying that it's like that. I think a little differently. So I was like, hey, I need, I need to ask a question like, what do you define as rest? What's relaxing? And she said, well, I just want to be able to do whatever I want. If I want to go sit by the pool and stay there for a little bit, that's all I wanted, I'm going to do. I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm cool with that. For like 10 minutes, right? And then we'll go do something else. She's like, no, that's not my definition of rest. What's your definition of rest? It's three things, muddy, bloody, sweaty. I want to do something where I come back muddy, bloody, and sweaty because I've conquered something. And that's restful to me. And she's like, I'm not doing that. (laughs) And so we've we've done our have and half thing and we've got it figured out. And so I was told I need a festive shirt. I have a festive shirt for our trip. But sometimes we don't really know what rest means. Like if we're really honest, this week you have probably felt more tired than you have restful. Like at the end of the day, you're like, man, I'm exhausted. Like, do we know how to rest? So we're going to try and tackle that this morning. And we're going to bounce around a little bit in Scripture. We're going to see some really powerful words within this Scripture today. And so we're going to start in Genesis chapter 3. We're also just going to ask some questions. Why is rest so difficult? Why is this thing that we all naturally desire, like, I would rather be restful than exhausted, but why is it so difficult to find it? Why is it so hard for us to enjoy it at times? And so the reason that it's difficult, it's going to start in Genesis chapter 3. Genesis 3, we're going to start in verse 17. This is God talking, he said. And to Adam he said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat of the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread, till you return to the ground, for out of it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Now I do want to say one thing, as I was writing this message this week, I was like, finally, there's not a bunch of Hebrew names that I've got to bumble over as a kid from East Texas. So I'm happy just to read normal language. Why is rest difficult? because of this. Just briefly before this, in Genesis 2, God's created everything. He's spoken it into existence. And it says, and God rested. Not because he was tired. He wanted to set an example for us. Just before this, mankind understood soulful rest because there was no animosity between man and God. God created the world in perfections, Hebrew word shalom. We say peace nowadays, but really it carries an idea of all is as it should be. And Adam wasn't ashamed of anything, Eve wasn't ashamed of anything. They enjoyed everything that God had given them. And then we get Genesis 3. It's one of the darkest moments in human history. Sin entered into the world. One thing, you had one job, Adam and Eve don't eat of this tree. Enjoy the garden that I have given you. Enjoy the purpose that I've placed in your lives to rule over it, to give names to all the animals, all of these good things. And you found the one thing you weren't supposed to do. Their eyes are open. Shame enters into the world. Some new words become part of humans' vocabulary, words like pain, words like sweat. They didn't really exist before then. You've got God coming to Adam. Adam, there's going to be consequence. He starts with the serpent. I love that when he starts with the serpent, even before he gets to the end of it, he shares the gospel. Like, Christ is going to crush your head one day. And he gets to Eve. We find out that we don't know what childbirth was going to look like beforehand. That will be a good question to ask in heaven. But now it's going to involve pain. And then he gets to Adam. He says, all this perfection that I gave you, you're going to work for it now. In toil and sweat. And God's rest gets replaced with worry and angst, and anxiety, and they war with each other. Because now you've got to labor, Adam. Now you've got to labor, mankind, which means you're going to have to get out there and work, and that brings problems with it that make rest very difficult, right? Because we live in a society where you got to have a job, and you got to make some money. Like I said, those kids, they keep wanting to eat meals, and so we worry about it. We don't find rest, and we find all of this pain and tension and worry that comes with, am I going to make enough? Am I going to make enough to pay for my utilities next month? It's getting hot. That AC bill starts to go up. Do I, do I, am I going to be able to provide clothing for my children, myself? What is my future going to look like? Will I ever be able to retire? Will I be able to help my kids with their college days or technical days or just get them out of their house days? Like We have all of this worry that comes from this curse. Sin makes us forget God's promise of rest. And if it stopped right there, man, that would be a terrible sermon. (laughs) So the next question, how is rest possible? I'll show you a few examples. Look in John chapter 19. Look in verse 28. I told you there were some powerful words in this one. This one's pretty strong. After this, Jesus knowing that all was now finished said to fulfill the scripture i thirst a jar full of sour wine stood there so they put a sponge full of the sour wine on a hyssop branch and held it to his mouth and when jesus had received the sour wine he said it is finished and he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit this is such a beautiful portion of scripture Man, is it hard at the same time. Most of your Bibles, the description that's listed above it the death of Jesus, the death of our Messiah, the death of our Savior, the death of the one who our sin brought that death about. And yet, in those words, it is finished. Sin is defeated and rest is made possible. Soul rest. Jesus hanging on that cross. They put this sponge up to his mouth. He just, it's so dried out. He's extremely dehydrated. Like, that's death on a cross. You're dehydrated. It's horrible. He musters the strength to say, It is finished. To Stella die. And he gives up his spirit. And in that moment, that sacrifice made soul rest possible. See, rest isn't found in a lot of the things that we think about, right? Sometimes we think, oh, if I can just make enough money, I will be able to rest really well. It's found that the majority of people say, if I could just make 50% more, I would find happiness. I'd find rest. didn't matter if they were making 20 grand a year or a million dollars a year. Everybody was like, just half more and that'll be enough. No, it's not. You can have a whole lot and not have rest. I love reading biographies. One of my favorite ones is on Steve Jobs, the creator of Apple. He's got a pretty phenomenal life. Starts this company... He wasn't good at making computers. He was good at making pretty things and then getting people to buy them, like me. At one point, he gets kicked out of Apple. Man, what am I going to do? I'll start a cartoon company. We'll call it Pixar. Then I'll get back into Apple, and now Apple's the most financially successful company on planet Earth. He was a multi, multi multi-billionaire. And yet Steve Jobs, as I read through his biography, one of the things that stood out to me... Every Sunday afternoon, he would call his executive team to his house for a meeting to plan out all the other things they were going to do the following week and what they were going to tell other people to do. Even outside of the church, most people see Sunday as that's the day where you rest. Now, rest may be go to the lake, rest may be not be at work, but here's a guy who could have done whatever he wanted on that day, gone anywhere, held a meeting every Sunday afternoon with his executive team. Like, that wasn't rest. All that money hadn't provided rest for him. Fame doesn't bring rest. You're constantly trying to get more. Leisure activities. We think they're restful, but how many times have you heard the phrase, I need a vacation after vacation? Because we travel and you've got to get back and there's clothes to wash and I'm sunburned and all this kind of stuff. Retirement. None of those things bring soul rest. The words, it is finished, brought those about. It's only through the work of Christ that our souls find rest. Because there's something inside all of us as we live life that goes, man, I'm worried. I'm worried about the future. I'm worried about what happens after this life. And with it is finished, a way was made possible for us to find rest and a soulful one at that. Then look in Matthew chapter 11. Look in verse 28. Jesus talking he says come to me all who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light this is an amazing section of scripture because it's one of the only places where we get to see what is Jesus heart like And I know sometimes you think, well, we know what it's like. We read through all the, the Gospels and see the things that he did, but this is Jesus describing his heart. He says, My heart is gentle and lowly. That's the heart that he has for his people. I love that it says, All who labor. That's all of us, right? Everybody's toiling, maybe it's with work stuff, like in the physical sense, but we we toil spiritually and we sit and we feel that weight of sin and it weighs us down and we see all the things going on in life and they weigh us down and here's these beautiful words, Come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. This is an invitation from our Savior. Bring your angst, your worry, your burdens to me, lay them at my feet. My yoke is easy and light. This is how our souls find rest. Jesus giving us this invitation to bring all these things, all the worries, all the burdens and cares that we carry around and we, we try and mask it and we try and make it look like everything's okay, but inside we feel this crushing weight. And here's this invitation from an amazing Savior that says, Come to me. You don't need to be carrying that. Your soul's not gonna find rest trying to drag that stuff around. Bring it to me, lay it at my feet because my yoke is easy. And the last one could give a bunch more but I thought I'd get you out of here before, you know, too late. Hebrews 4.3, this one's kind of quick. It says, for we who have believed enter that rest. As it is said, I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest. Although his works were finished From the foundation of the world. If you believe. How do we we find this rest? We believe. There was that invitation from Jesus Hey, come to me. And here it's saying, if you believe we believed, we enter that rest. So the big question becomes do, do we believe? Do we believe in the true gospel? That yes, the world was created in absolute perfection. And shortly thereafter, mankind sinned, and that sin is a part of our DNA. You don't have to teach people to sin. They learn it on their own. And Then Christ comes and says, come to me. Lived a sinless life, walked among his people, was hated by some of them, did ministry for years, and then ultimately knowing that, hey, there's a penalty for sin. The price has to be paid for it. He laid his life down on a cross So that he could say, it is finished. And it's only through Christ that we have an opportunity to experience the forgiveness that God can give to us. That separates us from him. It's not being a good moral person. There's lots of good moral people that don't know Christ. It's not coming to church. I love it when people are here. Keep coming back. But that's not what gets us into forgiveness and rest. It's only through Jesus Christ. Person saying, Hey, I want to turn from my old ways. I want to turn from the things that were making me tired. I want to turn from the things that were keeping me up at night and worrying me, and I want to lay them at his feet, and I want to follow Christ. That's when you can say, For we have believed, enter that rest. I want that rest. I want that soul rest that comes with it. And it comes through Christ. And he's powerful enough to make that rest possible because it says, although his works were finished from the foundation of the world. I love that. Before the foundations of the world is one of my favorite phrases in scripture. Maybe I'll do messages on it one day, but in this one, the context is, even before the creation happened, Christ was at peace. He knew there's gonna come a day, Adam and Eve, our creation, they're gonna sin. And when that happened, Jesus didn't go, oh, my gosh, I didn't see that. Come in, I'm worried now. No, he had peace through all of it. He had rest through all of it. It's why another verse I find unbelievably difficult in Scripture, in Hebrews, if you were in the first service, I said Philippians, that was, eh. it's in Hebrews. It says, for the joy set before him, he went to the cross. And I've always struggled with that because I like joy. I want to be a joyful person. I also have studied crucifixion. It is a horrific, horrific way to die. You die by drowning on your own blood. You die completely dehydrated. It can take days. It's a horrific way to die. So I've always had a hard time putting joy with that. It says for the joy set before him, we went to the cross. Why? Because he was at peace the entire time. He knew the outcome. He wasn't worried about the future. He was at complete rest because he knew the outcome. And so for believers today, we know the outcome. Hopefully we get to see it. We will. That's kind of a weird way to say it, but some of us may not be here when it happens, but we know the outcome. Jesus wins. I don't have to have angst. I don't have to have worry. I can rest in that. So what do we do with this? Like, as we go out, like, don't think of this as a message where it's like, oh, I I learned a lot about rest today. I'm going to take a nap, and that'll be great. That's not soul rest. Like, go take your naps if you want, but don't do it right now. (laughs) Talked about that with somebody this morning. They fell asleep last week. They were on pain meds, though. It wasn't the preaching. Um, But what do we do with this? Like, how do our souls enjoy this rest? What's the purpose? First one's this. A couple things for us. One, rest helps us recover from our labor. It's a reality. We need that. You all go, and you work, and you do things, you come back, and you're exhausted and tired. We've all had what we would describe as that was a long week. My longest week hour-wise that I have ever put in was in ministry. It was my first summer interning at a church, and I learned that intern stands for glorified grunt work because I was the low man on the totem pole, and it was my job to clean stuff up and move stuff around. We were in the process throughout that entire summer. It was a church in the DFW area. They were renovating a student building that they had. It was a pretty big work project. It took the whole summer. Towards the end of it, though, we were like, this is the week. Like, it's about to happen. We've got to make sure everything's finished. We've got this big, like, you know, kickoff night and all this stuff. And so that Sunday, after church, I was told, hey, it's going to be a long week. Monday morning, 8 o'clock, I would be at the church I'd do all the stuff that I needed to do. I was putting furniture together. I don't know how many futons I put together. I was really good at that. And then I'd do all this other stuff. Well, about 3 o'clock, kids would start showing up. Well, that's another part of my job. I got to hang out with them. That one wasn't really that hard. We had a basketball court and things like that. And so I'd play basketball until about 8 o'clock. And then we had a crew that was coming in to install all the audio-visual. And so I'd help them till about 1 in the morning, hanging speakers and running cables. And then I would go home, sleep a little bit, rinse, wash, repeat. I put in over 100 hours in one week. Like at the end of it, I was like, that was a lot. <laughs> I think I made like $2.70 an hour if I broke down <laughs> my salary, which wasn't much. And at the end of that, I was tired. And my boss said, hey, that was a long week, wasn't it? I said, yeah, I was up there a lot more than you it feels like. And uh, he said, I got some jet skis. We're going to be at the lake a lot this week. I was like... I can get behind that. I was tired. We needed rest. Everybody needs that. Something that you do on a spiritual level at the same time where you just can fill yourself back up. Because we do get tired. Second one, rest shows our dependence on God. When we rest, it shows our dependence on him. Because it's not just about my ability. Think back to Nehemiah. We just wrapped that one up and... One of the last things that we saw was, man, there was this big issue with the Sabbath. God had created the Sabbath. We were to keep it holy. And so it was to be a day of rest and reflection on who he was. And yet all these merchants started coming in saying, hey, why make money six days a week when we can make it seven? And Nehemiah said, no, it's not about that. We take this day off to show that, hey, we don't have to be the one that provides everything. God does. God's the one that we reflect on. God's the one who we are depending on. We remember that he is the one who provides for us. Third thing, rest encourages us to enjoy God. It shows our dependence on something greater. You know who finds it really easy to rest? Small children. (laughs) Small children aren't worried about car payment at the end of the month. Small children aren't worried about rent that might take place after that. Small children aren't worried about many things because they're depending on something greater for them. And so they find it very easy to rest. And when we have soulful rest, we remember that, hey, I'm depending on something greater than myself. Can't do this all on my own. Can't lead my family on my own. Can't lead a church on my own. Can't do anything on my own. We've got to become dependent on him. And when we rest in that, that, hey, God's got this. God's the one that's in control. I know that he's never, ever surprised. When we rest in that, we enjoy God. And the fourth one is this. Rest helps build relationships with others. Again, think about the Sabbath. This is a command to the people. This was something that they did on an individual basis. But it wasn't just an individual thing. It was a communal thing. See, the entire country observed the sabbath it wasn't just the heads of a household it wasn't the high priest just the men just the women it was the entire collective body of the jewish people coming together to celebrate the sabbath it helped build relationships among those people as they worship together as they sang together and so today's context as we come together as a body we find rest in this place hopefully i love it here i love hearing y'all sing told the first service, you're getting better. (laughs) You're only going to go so far because I'm singing too. But I love that as we cry out and we worship together, we find rest. Right now there's kids being watched and taught over there. Those volunteers are building relationships with each other and stories that they'll share in the future and laugh about or hopefully not cry about. We're building those relationships and resting at the same time. I watch our cat team and our greeters and move around and smile and share good coffee, building relationships as they rest. Hopefully this is a place of rest. And hopefully we build relationships as we walk through this together. I hope you have a restful week. More than anything, I hope you have a soulful, restful week. One more, when you go to bed at night, and you reflect on who God is and what He's done for you, you find it really easy to rest. Let's pray. God, we love you. God, thank you for making rest possible. Yeah, there's so many times we go through life and our souls do not have rest. We feel the weight of the world thank you for your son only through him only through it is finished that we can find rest for our souls and god if there's someone here today or watching online and they've felt that weight and they're feeling it right now because it's never been a personal relationship they've never experienced the forgiveness that comes they've never come to christ when he says come to me all who are heavy laden if that's you today and you go i need that i'm tired of carrying this burden I would encourage you pray, God, as best as I know how, I want to come to you. I want to turn away from my old life. I want to make Jesus the Lord of my life and follow him. Because in that instant, rest is made possible. All the burden of sin taken off of us, a person can actually stand before a holy God justified through Jesus Christ. So if you did that, I would encourage you, put that on a connect card. Come talk to one of us. We want to celebrate that. It's an amazing thing. And as we walk through this week, God, my prayer is that we would feel that rest. God, sometimes we need the reminder. You've made a way and you're in control. you're eternally in rest as well. We ask all of this in Christ's name. Amen.